podcast invites you to join us to study the daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to Daily Daf Differently. I am Rabbi Emma Kipley Ogman, Assistant Rabbi of Beth Jacob Congregation in Mendota Heights, Minnesota. And today we're learning Daf Mem Dalet 44 of Masachat Shabbat. The Daf opens with the end of a discussion from the previous page. If there is a dead body in a burning building, is it permissible to find a way to carry that body out of the building? The conclusion honors human experience. If we were not able to find a way to move the body, we would be so distraught that we will put out the fire. So we must ensure that there is a way within the law to carry the body out of the building. The Gemara sets up its conversation about what is mukta, set aside, not to be touched on Shabbat, with this snapshot of raw human emotion. The context for considering the details of what we touch and what we leave aside for Shabbat is our honoring and knowing the emotional space of a person in mourning, acknowledging that the details of the halakha must ensure that we are able to meet that person's needs. Daf 44 introduces us to several categories of mukta, several reasons that we might not move particular objects on Shabbat. These categories are established here through examples and elaborated in later halachic literature by name. Until the end of the chapter, the rabbis of the Talmud argue about these categories, whether we must avoid or may use the objects discussed. The first category comes from the previous Mishnah, the notion of something that is enomin hamuchan, something that was not ready or designated for use on Shabbat. Tanurabanan, the sages, taught mutar Hashem and shabaner v'shabakeara asur. The oil that is in a lamp is permitted for use, but the oil that is in a bowl that is not already set up for burning to make light is forbidden. The oil in the bowl is enomin hamuchan, not ready for use on Shabbat, and is therefore potentially mukta, set aside and not to be used. Rabbi Shimon permits its use. This first discussion sets up the next several pages, where the sages will wrestle with case law to articulate coherent halachic positions around mukta. In these conversations, Rabbi Shimon has a higher bar for an object to be considered mukta than his interlocutors. Three more categories of mukta will emerge from a conversation on the next Mishnah. Metaltalin ner chadash avalo yashan. Rabbi Shimon Omer, kol hanirot metaltalin chutz min haner hadolek bashabat. We carry a new lamp, but not an old one. Rabbi Shimon says we carry any lamp except for one that is burning now on Shabbat. Abaraita further breaks down the categories with Rabbi Yehuda forbidding all but a brand new lamp. Rabbi Meir forbidding any lamp that has been lit on Shabbat. And Rabbi Shimon permitting any lamp except one that is currently burning. The question, of course, is why? Why would a new lamp be permitted, but an old one forbidden? Why forbid a burning lamp, but permit one that has gone out? 
two categories of potential mukta emerge from the discussion. The first is a clear, a vessel whose purpose is forbidden on Shabbat. So the unlit lamp might be mukta, forbidden to carry, because it is a vessel intended for containing burning oil for light, a forbidden labor on Shabbat. And the unlit or extinguished lamp could have no other reasonable purpose, and therefore it would be forbidden to carry a new lamp the same as a used one. In the same vein, it might be permitted to carry even a used lamp, even a lamp that had been burning on Shabbat, because the oil within it could be used for food, and therefore it could be considered a vessel whose purpose is permitted, and therefore not mukta. The second category of mukta to emerge from the lamp discussion is mus, something disgusting. Inside a lamp that had been full of oil burnt for light remains an unappealing residue. Touching the lamp, one would be exposed to the residue, its smell, its texture, and could thereby be disgusted. Avoiding that experience, designating things that are disgusting as mukta, could help to preserve the pleasantness of Shabbat and an elevated experience of the day. Perhaps for that reason, it is permitted to carry a new lamp, but not a used one. To more clearly understand the potential mukta properties of the lamp, the rabbis of the Talmud on Daf 44 explore the first of several parallel cases that they will investigate in the coming pages. Rav Yehuda said in the name of Rav, a purse that you have designated for coins is forbidden to carry. Rav Nachman bar Yitzchak objected, we carry a new lamp, but not a used one. If a lamp that hasn't yet been used is permitted, how much the more so a purse that hasn't yet been used? Right, so this is the teaching. Rav Yehuda said in the name of Rav, a purse that you have designated for coins, and you've already used it for coins, is forbidden to carry. If you have not already used it for coins, it is permitted to carry. A purse that has not been designated for any particular purpose that has coins in it is forbidden to carry. If there are not coins in it, it is permitted to carry, as long as there were not coins in it at twilight as Shabbat started. This teaching introduces a final category of mukta for Daf 44, Basis Ladavar Asur, an object that you would be permitted to carry except that it is acting as a base for a forbidden object. In this approach to mukta, if in the minutes before Shabbat begins you have left some coins in your canvas bag, that bag becomes attached to the coins for Shabbat and you cannot carry the bag, even though it is not the purse you usually use for coins. The coin purse becomes a parallel investigation to the lamp and invites us to reflect back on the lamp considering the purpose of the objects in our lives. A new oil lamp could just as well be a fancy dipping bowl, but if I've already used it for a lamp, I'm unlikely to serve from it wick and all. A new bag could be used for most anything, and my decision to call a bag a coin purse changes the nature of the object once I've used it that way but I could change my expressed intention. I bought this bag to be a coin purse, but in the end, I actually ended up using it to hold my jewelry. The revised teaching honors this aspect of our consciousness as human beings. We express intentions and change our minds, while at the same time taking seriously our actions. Don't pretend it's not a coin purse if you've been using it that way all week. In our practice of Shabbat, as in all other aspects of our lives, both our intentions and our actions matter. How we set up and follow through on our intentions shapes our physical, emotional, and spiritual realities. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. 
The music at the opening and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epichorus album One B, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.